Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Today, I want to talk to you from uh, this scripture that I think is maybe the most discouraging scripture in the entire Bible at first glance. And I read it at a time in my life where I probably needed some encouragement, and that's not exactly what I got at first. So if you need a title today, the title is Small Strength, Small Strength. And if you would turn with me to Proverbs 24, verse 10, it says this in the New Living Translation. It says, if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. My family and I were looking for our uh, costumes for Fall Fest the other day, and we bought um, 80s, like, 80s rock costumes. And my wife was like, we got to get blow-up guitars. I was like, oh, no, I have one. <laughs> like, I have it was the first electric guitar I ever owned. It was this amazing 80s V guitar. It was so cool. But I felt like we should get into the spirit. So I turned on the 80s rock playlist on Spotify. And you know what song I found? Pressure. You guys know what I'm talking about? That's all you have to say. That's all you need to know. Or if you're Vanilla Ice, you're like, what's well, just a little bit different than my song? You know, it's ding, 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 whatever it may be. But that song is so iconic. Pressure. And that's like the whole entire song. I don't know what else they sing. That's all I know over and over and over again. If you fail in the day of pressure, your strength is too small. Say small. Listen to what the ESV says. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is too small. That's a little more poetic, but I feel like the first one kind of encapsulates my life a little bit better. How many of you know that we are living in an age of pressure? If David Bowie were here today, he would say we're living in an age of, can you sing it for me? Pressure. That's exactly what he would say. We're living in an age of, I'm gonna make you do it in your mind again, but don't you do it out loud every single time I say it. We're living in an age of pressure. There's the pressure of their finances and inflation. There's the pressure of the opinions of people, whether that's in your social media feed or whether that's just reading everybody's opinions about current events in the entire world. I mean, you can access everybody's opinions right now. All you need to do is open up your Facebook or your Twitter, right? And you can see what everybody thinks about everything. And I think it's incredible that we live in this age where all of the pressure is bearing down on us. There's the pressure to keep your kids safe. There's the pressure to make sure that you're doing a good job at your job because you don't know when you could lose that job. There's the pressure to put on a show so that people think you're doing well, even if things may not be going well at home. How many of you know that it is so different what people show you than what's really going on behind closed doors a lot of times? And I just wanna speak to somebody today. I just kinda wanna free you from something today. We tend to look at someone, and I know the typical thing to say, we look at their social media or this or that. No, I'm just saying, you see that person at your weekly department meeting at work and you think, man, they are crushing it right now. They're doing great. But if I could just open your eyes for a second, you see me or Pastor Don or Pastor Dave or Pastor Eric or any of our team on this stage for a total of a maximum, if you're like super saved and you come to both services, you might see us on stage for one hour per week. Stop and break that down for a second. There are 168 hours in a week. And you see me on stage if you're a two-service sanctified saint, you see me on stage 
for one whole hour per week. You have no idea what the rest of my life is like when I'm under. Oh, somebody started that. That was really bold. You got to be brave to do that. You know, in church when you're a kid, if you started the clapping, you're like, I did that. Thank you. Um, but you don't know what it's like to walk in the pressure that I walk in. And I see you for an hour a week, and I don't know what it's like to walk in the pressure that you walk in. Don't assume just because you saw someone's best that they're doing better than you. Let me just tell you something about preaching and singing for a second. I have one job when I get on this stage. Listen to the Holy Spirit and do what he says for 30 minutes. And I struggle to get that right. When I'm on this stage, I'm at as close to 100% as I'll ever be. But when I'm driving in traffic, I got one job still, listen to the Holy Spirit and do what he says. But I'm just like you. Don't ever assume that because someone stands on a stage that they're not facing the pressure like you are. Or that somehow they're just so super spiritual that it doesn't get to them. Because you don't see me in the difficult times. You don't see me when I'm working with the budget. You don't see me when my kid's sick. You don't see me this or that. You don't see me in those spaces and I don't see you either. Don't assume that just because that person you saw at the department meeting this week was doing so great at work that they're not struggling at home. Don't assume that they're not wondering if they're even good enough to be in that meeting in the first place. And the reason they're working so hard is actually because they're trying to prove to themselves and to other people that they belong in the room. Don't assume that people are doing better than you. In fact, I would just say for a moment, let's just take the mask off for the next 35 minutes or so. And let's just assume that we're all under. I'm gonna make you do that so many times today. It's gonna be amazing. And you're just gonna quit. Um, I do just wanna say, I used to preach in middle school a lot. And I think if you can preach in middle school, you can preach anywhere because a middle schooler's job is if you said, can you say this? They'd be like, no. <laughs> Their job in life, as far as they're concerned, is to look like they do not care. So if you quit singing it, I'm just gonna keep doing it. No, I'm just kidding. So I started thinking about this scripture and I believe the first time I really paid attention to this scripture was in 2020. So like the most pressure you could possibly be feeling in that moment, Right? And I see this scripture and it's like, if you fail in the day of pressure, then your strength is too small. My immediate thought was, well, I guess I gotta get stronger. I can tell you for a fact that I did not do a great job of getting stronger throughout the year of 2020. I probably just broke more and more and more and more and more. And within the past few months, I read the scripture again. I was thinking about the scripture again. And it was like God finally dropped in my heart what the scripture means. Like two years of processing and I finally get to the place where I'm like, that's what it means. I wasn't reading it every day, I just kept coming back to it. And I'm about to drop the biggest knowledge bomb on you ever right now when I tell you what it means. You're gonna be like, this guy hears from God. This is what the scripture means. You are not strong enough. Everybody's like, wow, that was the most obvious possible thing. But this is when it clicked for me. When I started thinking about what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. See, Paul had this thing. Everybody saw Paul 
as the guy, the apostle, the person who started churches, the person who started the church in Ephesus, got it up. There was 25,000 people in the church in Ephesus in Paul's day. People think that Paul was just this rock solid guy, but he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there was a thorn in my flesh, a messenger sent to me by, a messenger of Satan sent to me. We don't really know what that was. People think it's different things. That doesn't matter. The beauty in that is that it could be anything that you're dealing with today. And Paul said, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me. You ever got to the point in life where you're like, okay, um, right now, I used to pray it like, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. But today, I'm just gonna get on my knees and I'm gonna plead with you because this is all I've got today. And he said, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. And this is what God himself told the apostle Paul in verse nine. It says, but he, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Listen, my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's when it clicked for me. That for two years, I've been thinking about this scripture as I guess I've got to get stronger. Oh man, I could go so many ways with that and I'm not going to do it right now. I was going to say, I wish I was a little bit taller, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, but that's when it really clicked for me. I can't, I can't, I can't. Don't let it out, right? That's when it really clicked for me though, was this moment where I thought, you know what? When you think about it, when you really put it together, I am not strong enough. But that's the point, that his grace is sufficient for me, that his strength is made perfect in my weakness. That's why Zechariah 4, 6 says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Man, I just believe this. In 1 Corinthians, it says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says that God chooses weak things to confuse or to shame the strong. And God chooses the simple things to confuse or to shame the wise. I would just say this to myself today. If I think that I'm anything because of my wisdom or because of things that I've accomplished, the thing I need to do is step back and go, maybe it's actually that God chose me because he saw me as weak and unwise and he wants to use me to display his glory that maybe God puts you in the room because you are the least qualified person, but there's an anointing on the inside of you that needs to be released in that place. That maybe God made you the parent of that kid because he needed someone to shepherd a child who would change the world through a ministry or a business idea or a political position. And he needed someone who felt inadequate, but would rely on his strength and on his spirit that maybe the point is that you are not strong enough and you never will be, but he is. That's the essence of this. But the question is, how do I put this in my pocket, take it home and use it when I need it? Because it is really cool for a guy in a little denim jacket to stand up here and tell you that God is your strength. But when all hell is breaking loose in your house at 3 a.m. and you don't know where your kid is, you don't need my sayings. You need a way to tap in to the power and the presence of God. And that's what we're gonna get to today. 
There's a few things I wanna share with you. And if I could say it this way, my goal today is to get you from feeling the weight of what you're under to feeling the weight of God's glory in this room. There's a word in the Old Testament that they used for glory. And the, the word derived from this concept of weight. And we were praying for you yesterday at 9 a.m. in the lobby, a group of nine of us. And I had this picture. You, do you know like um, when people are struggling with anxiety and things like that, they'll buy sometimes a weighted blanket to help them kind of feel at peace. I had this picture of the glory of God replacing the weight of your anxiety and your worry and your fear. Man, I know what it's like to wake up first thing in the morning and just feel pressure in my chest because of the anxiety of, I don't know how I'm gonna accomplish this at work. I don't know how I'm gonna do this for my family. I don't know this, this and that. I know what that's like. And I feel like God today wants to say, I'm gonna replace that today and I'm just gonna put the weight of my glory there. And that word glory can mean weight in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, there's a different word and it means God's favorable opinion. That maybe today you leave and you're like, man, God is smiling over me today. He's taking care of me. I don't know what kind of pressure you're facing, but I believe God wants to remove the weight and replace it with the weight of his glory. So I hope you just take like one scripture from this, one phrase from this, and just take it, put it in your pocket and pull it out when you need it. When I'm not there to speak to you, when the devil is speaking to you, telling you just not gonna work, just get mad and give up. I hope you take this one thing out that you find today. So the first thing I think that we should do, and this is something God's been doing to me for a long time and trying to teach me. And uh, to be honest with you, I realize how often that I need to learn it more because like Proverbs 21 or 24, 10, I fail in the day of pressure a lot of times. The first point is when you feel the pressure, you've got to press in to his presence. When you feel the pressure, you've got to press into his presence. And you might think, oh, that's just, that's just cheesy preacher stuff, whatever. Let me show it to you scripturally. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Can I tell you when you're at your weakest, you feel the least joyful, right? Nobody gets the news that their job is laying people off and they're like, praise God, I love my life, right? Nobody gets into a fight with their spouse at 2 a.m. and they think, man, I just feel good about life right now. This is amazing. But I wanna just show you something. There's a place of joy in God that you can access no matter what time it is. So Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. But then in Psalm 16:11 it says, in your presence there is fullness of joy. So here's what this tells me. If I feel weak at any given moment in life, I need strength, right? Basic question. But biblically, if I need strength, then really what I need is joy. And if I need joy, then really what I need is his presence. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy and the joy of the Lord is my strength. And here's the beautiful thing about his presence. If you are saved and you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. That means that wherever you go, his presence goes. What you can do as a believer is in the middle of the darkest, deepest, most difficult moment of your life, if you'll just for a moment focus on him, you can sense his presence no matter what's going on. 
And here's how you do that. The second point is this, when you feel the weight, just wait. When you feel the weight, just wait. Have you ever seen when someone's struggling, everybody does something different when they're struggling. Have you ever watched somebody try to ride a skateboard that doesn't know how, and when they're about to fall, their body involuntarily does everything possible to keep its balance, and they look like they're trying to learn to fly, like they're a pterodactyl, and they're like, ah, and they're just doing anything possible to stay up. That's what happens to you and I when we're in these moments of pressure. We start moving around trying to do everything that we can to make it happen. And I would say to you that when you feel the weight, just wait. Just wait for a second. Isaiah 40 verses 29 through 31 says this, he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. And then it says this, even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Come on, if you are over a certain age in this room, you ought to give God praise that he says that even young people get tired too, right? But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Do you know an eagle is not flapping its wings all the time trying to make something happen? An eagle just kind of catches the drafts and it just begins to soar on the wind. You know what the Bible calls the Holy Spirit? The actual word in the Old Testament is the exact same word. Spirit is the same word for wind or breath. I just wonder today if God wants to breathe life into you. I just wonder today if as you wait, when you quit flapping your wings, if you'll sense his presence in the room. There's a difference between God's presence that goes with you and then this tangible sense of his manifest presence in the room. And can I say that in a difficult time, the manifest presence of God really only comes when you wait. And for the men in the room who would say, well, if I wait, then who's gonna do it? Psalm 27, 14, this scripture is amazing to me. It says, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Can I tell you something today? In a difficult situation, sometimes the most courageous thing you can do, men, is wait patiently for the Lord. Just stand still. Moses actually said that when they were faced with the Red Sea and Pharaoh's armies behind him, Moses did everything that we're talking about doing. He went and asked God, what do I do? And he just waited for God's answer. But he told the people, he said, listen, you don't need to be afraid. Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I can't tell you how much it probably messes with the devil when he's throwing everything he's got at you. And in the middle of it all, you don't run around, freak out, you don't tell everybody about how bad your life is. You just stand still. And Ephesians 6 says, having done all you can to stand, continue to stand. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Just stand still. When you feel the weight, just wait. They that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They that wait in his presence will feel him begin to lift them up. The third thing is this, when you feel inadequate, just invite him in. 
The band can go ahead and come on up right now. And you feel inadequate, just invite him in. And you feel the pressure pressed into his presence. And you feel the weight, just wait. When you feel inadequate, invite him in. Has anybody ever raised a toddler in this room? You ever had this conversation before? I am trying to help you. If you will let me, I will put your shirt on. That is the armhole. Do not put it on your head. God's a lot nicer than us. But sometimes I think he's like, that's the armhole. I'm trying to help you. Just let me put it on. Psalm 3, verses 3 through 4 says this. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory. There's that word, weight. And the lifter of my head. Does anybody need their head to be lifted up today? Come on, get your head up, get your sights up, and see the horizon in front of you. Listen to what David did, though. It says, I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I cried to the Lord and he answered me. When you speak and you invite God into your situation, can I tell you today, he comes in. It's okay to invite God in in the most difficult moment of your life. When you speak and you invite God in, he always shows up. Isaiah 43, two says this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. Can we just stop there for a second? Yeah, amen. They will not overwhelm you. I just wanna speak for a moment to the spirit that's overwhelmed today. And I just feel this in my heart. It's not that just that your spirit feels overwhelmed, but I believe today that it's a spirit that's trying to overwhelm you. I'm not talking about like there's some evil spirit chasing you around. I know Halloween's tomorrow. Don't be freaking out on me. I'm just saying like there's a spirit over the earth, I think right now, that's trying to overwhelm people. And even as Orlando begins to play, I believe he's playing prophetically in this moment. I just believe that God's breaking something off of you. Listen to this. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. Do you remember the three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were serving God and they were doing everything right. And I want to say this to you today. And I would just say, I want to prophesy this to you today. You may be here today and this might speak directly to your situation. You've been wondering, God, where are you? Because I've been doing everything you've told me to do, but everything has gone wrong. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did everything God told them to do. And because of it, they found themselves in a fiery furnace. But the beautiful thing, they said, no matter what, we're gonna serve God. You do what you want. Whether or not God saves us, we're gonna serve God. They wind up in this fiery furnace. And when they get there, the people who are persecuting them see there's a fourth man in the fire. I wanna speak to somebody today who's walking through life and going, I did everything God told me to do and everything turned out wrong. And I just wanna prophesy over you today. There is a fourth man in the fire today. And I just wanna flip it on its head for you for just a moment. We know that our God is three in one, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And maybe you feel like you're alone, but can I say, I see four people in your fire today. I see you, I see the Father, 
I see the Son, and I see the Holy Ghost. And I feel like this, this part was not something I planned to say, but I feel like this, when you walk out of what you're walking out of, the scripture says when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. And I wanna say this to you today, that maybe you're gonna walk out of what you're walking through and the thing that should have taken you out, the thing that should have scarred you, the thing that should have left a smell that people would know that person's broken, that you're not even gonna smell like smoke when you come out of it. Can we just pray together? Father, I thank you. If there's resurrection in this room today, the reviving of dreams that have died, Father, I thank you that when we feel the pressure, we've got to just press into your presence because Nehemiah 8.10 says in the, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Psalm 16.11 says, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. So if I need strength, I need joy. If I need joy, I need your presence. Your presence is with me wherever I go. I just have to wait whenever I feel the weight. Now don't run, don't push, don't struggle, don't flail your arms. Just wait and watch God move. Wait and watch. Maybe that's your word today. Just wait and watch. And when I feel inadequate, all I've got to do is just invite him in. Invite him in. I don't know why you've been holding on to. I don't know why you've been keeping up a wall of fence between you and God, but it's time to invite him in today. The fourth man in the fire with you. And the beautiful thing is when they came out, people began to believe in their God because of it. I just pray over you today. You feel weak, you feel inadequate, you feel insecure, you feel ill-equipped, Ill you feel unqualified, you feel like you're about to break mentally. But I believe that God would say, when I pull you out of this and you don't smell like smoke, the people in your office are gonna see it. Come on, look beyond your circumstance and see what God can do with a testimony like you. But all it takes is for us to invite him in. So we invite you in. And we invite you in. Come into your Sing, I invite you in. Sing it out, Angela. Say, I invite you in. Your power, your presence. I invite you in. Come and do what only you can do. Come and do your will. I invite you in. Oh. I invite you in. Come on, can we sing that? I invite you in. on a spirit of refreshing, a spirit of joy be released in this room. Say I invite you everyone that's tearing down today so come into your head. Come on, break it loose today inside of you and invite him. I invite you in. Say come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Have your way, Holy Spirit, fill this place. 
Father, we thank you that when we invite you in, things begin to change. And I wonder if some people today might hear the Lord saying to them what Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you would just come and answer me, then I would come in and we would eat a meal together as friends. You're just waiting for an invitation. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You're just waiting for an invitation. And you'll come in and you'll sit with us. You'll anoint our head with oil until our cup overflows. Today, if that's you today, you've been feeling overwhelmed. You've been feeling broken down. You don't have to raise your hand or anything. I just would say this. Just say under your breath, God, I invite you in. God, I invite you in. My, my weakness is the perfect place for your strength. I invite you in. When you feel the pressure, you got to press into his presence. When you feel the weight, you just got to wait a little bit for the weight of his glory. When you feel inadequate, you've got to invite him in. But friend, I want to tell you today with every head bowed and every eye closed that there is one invitation that is primary. And that is the invitation to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you've never done that, I just want to tell you in a kind way today, none of this other stuff will work for you. You'll keep trying it all on your own until you invite him in for the first time to be your Lord and Savior. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. 